Hello, Let's Be Real listeners. My name is Erica, and I'm so glad that you have joined me today. So today I want to talk to you about a phrase, a phrase that has become common-ish in my family. And it's a phrase that I think is super important for us to become really familiar with. (laughs) Uh, I think we're already familiar with it, but maybe a little bit more comfortable saying it and hearing it. But before I tell you what that is, a little backstory. So about four years ago, I went outside on a warm spring day in the rain out to my garden because weeds come out the easiest and the quickest in the rain. So I was like, I cannot keep wasting all these rainy days inside, which when it's growing and gardening season, if it's nice outside, my house is completely avoided and it becomes a disaster. I actually sometimes pray for a rainy day just to get some work done inside. We were getting a lot of rain and now I needed to get some work done outside. So I decided to go outside and weed in the rain. And I know I've mentioned this before, but in my garden is where I feel really close to God. It's where we have a lot of prayer time and discussion and thinking and learning and playing podcasts while I spend hours out there. And on this particular day, God and I were having a really great time together in conversation and praying. And I sensed him saying to me, guess what? You are supposed to write a book. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now you've gone too far. (laughs) Has anybody ever argued with God about his calling on their life? We're like, oh, no, thank you. Let's spin again. (laughs) I don't know if that ever really works out very well. But he kind of spoke into my heart that day that there was this book inside of me that I'm supposed to write. And, you know, after a half hour or so of weeding and pondering this and praying about it, my husband comes out to join me. And he starts weeding. And I look at him and I say, you know what? He's like, what? I think I'm supposed to write a book. He's like, cool. I was like, nah, I don't want to write. I don't like writing. I don't know anything about writing. I talk. (laughs) Ask anyone that knows me. I talk. And that's not that difficult for me. But writing, that's going to stretch me. So that was, oh dear, I hate to admit it, probably about four years ago. And I'm really not super far into that project. I go through seasons of being super motivated and not. Googling how many words am I supposed to have for an actual book? Right now, I think I'm like at a pamphlet, maybe a small term paper. Um, But it's something that's very important to me that I want to get out and share. However, whether or not it was from the Lord, I'm not entirely positive. But as I was sharing my idea with one, with someone who I respect and who's kind of out there and big in the Christian community and they're teaching and they're speaking, I mentioned as we were talking the idea and this title and the phrase, and I kind of got a, ooh, that might be a little harsh. If I didn't know you and know your attitude and who you are and what you think and how you feel, I don't know if I could take that phrase from you. And not to mention, it takes a long time for a book to get written, to get published, to put out, like years. So maybe it should be a podcast series. Maybe you should just talk about that because that content is out now and I was like well yeah maybe I think I'm supposed to write it I guess I'm not positive 
maybe it's just supposed to get out. Mind games, wrestling, right? I do believe it's something that's supposed to be written. I will continue moving in that direction and work on it so you can hold me accountable now. You can be part of the accountability team. But I also think, yeah, why not put it out in short bites on the podcast? So that is what I'm going to share with you today. Okay, so this really is just kind of a brief intro because I think this will be good as we head into the Easter season and how we can maybe shift our focus over the next couple of weeks. About hmm, maybe three years ago after church, you know, pre-COVID, when you could go out to eat after church with your whole extended family. (laughs) We were out at a local restaurant. My parents were there, my brother, his wife, their young kids myself and my husband and our kids, my sister, her husband and their kids, like there were probably 13 of us. And we were talking and my sister-in-law starts telling us a story and we're all listening intently. It was a good story. I have no idea now what it was about. I don't recall. But in the midst of the story or near the end of the story, my dad attempts to relate to the story by then sharing a story from his childhood that kind of corresponds a little bit, right? Well, we kind of had to then like stop, shift. We listened, started to listen to his story. And my mom must have really wanted to hear my sister-in-law's story or had already heard my dad's and didn't want to hear it again. I don't know. But she just looked at him. She said, it's not all about you. And there was this silent pause. And we were all like, oh, my goodness. And then we totally started cracking up. My dad just had this look on his face like, oh, And I don't know, I think it was just so funny because it was just such a raw, real moment with my parents and we all cracked up because it was, I mean, it's an honest, truthful statement, but it became this inaugural use of the phrase, it's not all about you. And that phrase has been part of our family thread, part of our conversations, not always, but it comes up here and there where sometimes we painfully remind remind each other like, well, you know, it's not all about you. (laughs) And we don't always like to hear it, right? Who would like to hear that frequently, semi-frequently, or even rarely, to be quite honest. But it's one of these things that as it's become part of this fabric of our family, that has been part of just our dialogue and our phrases that we use it becomes a little easier to hear. And sometimes even a little bit expected and even easier to say. It's not easy to call somebody out. Like, hey, you're being a little self-absorbed right now or a little selfish, or maybe you're not looking at this the way that we're all seeing it. You might only be seeing it through the lens of your situation right now. Can you picture yourself using that phrase in life. If you're really honest, I bet most people would be like, ooh, no. (laughs) I'm not, hmm, that's harsh. Well, it is. It's a harsh statement. I mean, it's kind of used to check people. It can be used very well, right? Like, well, I hate to tell you this, but what I'm hearing you say is this and this and this and that. And it sounds like you're really only thinking about one side. And it's actually 
not all about you. I think what's hard about this phrase and a potentially too harsh title of a book, but I can't think of anything better, is the fact that this life that we live is not all about us. There are much bigger things going on, much greater issues going on. We are a small part of this great story that is happening. And in the midst of it, as we go through life, we lose focus on the big picture. We lose focus on the eternal perspective. And we get caught up in our day-to-day, in our lives, in our activities. We start to process everything in just kind of this self-centered. And I say that word self-centered. I know it comes across a bit strong, but it's a fair phrase for, you know, when we process situations based on ourselves, our feelings, our desires, our experience, how it fits in with our schedules. It is self-centered, right? We are the center of our decision-making process. It's fair. It happens. It's a lot of how we navigate our lives, but we get stuck there sometimes when we need to be looking bigger, looking other, that is my word of the year, other, greater, outside of just our own small present circumstance. How can this situation that we are presently in be part of the greater story? When we're parenting, how can this issue that we're dealing with our child be part of their greater story? How can this be kingdom work? How do we reach hearts and influence minds so that they can be part of their greater purpose? Not just, hey, you're embarrassing me right now. Change your behavior so that I don't look bad, (laughs) okay? Again, I know it sounds harsh, but it's true, right? We have those feelings. We're human. These are things that we have to fight. I think if I were to ask you, if I were to say, hey, did you know that this world is not all about you? You'd be like, well, duh, yes, I know that. And we can bring it even smaller. Did you know this community? It's not all about you. Well, yes, okay, but now let's get down to our family. Hey, did you know this family? It's not all about you. Like, I might have actually asked my children that at one point. Like, you know that everything we do does not center around you, right? Well, yeah. Do we ask ourselves that question honestly, right? This is let's be real. So I need you to honestly and humbly ask yourself, have I stopped to focus and pay attention to how I, how I view things? Where's my worldview? Is it really in this big eternal perspective or I, do I get stuck in the me, in the smaller, in my immediate vicinity? Making decisions in our immediate vicinity, in our family and for ourselves is constant and it is important. I'm not saying we ignore life and the things we're supposed to be doing, but I am challenging us to evaluate ourselves this week as to how we make those decisions. Do we have a greater perspective, a greater focus outside of just us? Or do we keep it real close? And we are probably very even unaware most of the times that that is how we walk through our daily life, making the decisions that are best for us all the time in our present situation. Now, it might sound like, yeah, but that's not wrong. Well, no, it's not wrong 
to make decisions that are going to be good for you. I mean, we're called to wisdom and we're called to be stewards and to make wise choices, but it's about why. It's about where's the heart and the perspective behind the choice. The choice and the decision still may end up being the same, but where was your heart when you made that decision and that choice? Where is the focus? So as you go through this week, pray and ask Jesus, so do I live my life me-centered? Is it all about me? Do I only think about me and my preferences and the things that I want or don't want as I make decisions, as I cultivate relationships, as I parent my children, as I relate to my spouse? I mean, this question, this idea of, hey, it's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's one little line, but it is huge. It is all-encompassing in our life, in all aspects of the things that we do. So I don't really have any heavy scripture for you this week. I don't really have any more like profound concepts or ideas because I, to share and to challenge you with because I think this one phrase is more than enough. And yet we will talk about it over the next couple weeks in different areas where we can examine in our life Where do I think, where is my focus, and do I process things only in regards to me? Because it's a dangerous trap. Our minds, our hearts, our soul, our strength, everything needs to be focused on Jesus and on the gospel and not us. So I leave you this Friday with the question, is it all about you? Do you think you could turn to someone and say, yeah, but it's not all about you? And I have a feeling that you might just hear it in your head now as you hear conversations like, ooh, hmm, yeah, it's not all about them. Because it's super, super easy to see the things that we struggle with in other people. It's very hard to see it of ourselves. Lord, we come before you to just ask for help as we humbly come into your presence and ask for you to illuminate, to shine into the cracks of our hearts and of our souls, and to show us where we depend on our own selves, on how we process information and how we decide things, and in those areas where we do that without looking and coming to you, without trying to live this life with a perspective of eternity with knowing and seeing and being inspired by the big picture of the battle that is going on here on earth for hearts and for souls of man, for our children and for our relationships. God, help us to identify the areas where we ourselves are. Help us to be able to humbly admit to ourselves, Lord, to you, and maybe even to those around us that there are areas that we struggle with only thinking about ourselves. God, this is one of those dangerous prayers that we don't always want to ask for help with. It's like praying for patience. It's like, ooh, I know you're going to deliver. Give us the heart to receive any sort of conviction and areas in our hearts, in our minds, and in our lives that we hold real close and only make decisions based on us rather than on you. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.
If you are joining us, me, whoever, in the Read the Bible Through the Year Without a Plan plan, it is time to add the book of Proverbs, and I think it's probably great timing for us to lean into and to seek a little bit of wisdom as we think about this question, is it all about us? So join me in adding the book of Proverbs this week, and we will see you next week.